Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 517 of the world's most dangerous podcast. This is the Riverfront Red Show and I'm your host Nate Dotson and I am joined by a man that we know and love. I know him as the host of Late Night Reds. He's a friend, he's a colleague. You know him probably as the father of Iris Daniel. We got Tim Daniel in the house today to talk some shop with us. Tim, how are you, my handsome brother? Well, you mentioned my daughter, and I am babysitting as I record this. So if you're watching on YouTube, chances are you'll get a glimpse. But right now, she is occupied. Um, and hopefully, we can keep it that way throughout our recording. <laughs> if you hear any cries or squeals in the background, they are a 50% chance that they are from Iris, and 50% the cries are mine. Because I still <laughs> I haven't gotten over Joey Votto. No longer in a Reds uniform. Um, but before we get into that, before we talk about a bunch of Cincinnati Reds, and particularly Chuck McElroy, had to sneak that in there, mm. uh, please head over to youtube.com slash Cincy. Give us one of those subscribes. Smash it. I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hit the banner. Subscribe to our channel. Oh, smash the thumbs getting, up button. Getting fancy with our graphics over here. I'm learning. I'm learning technology. <laughs> Uh, we're actually getting close to a thousand subscribers over there, and we're pretty pumped about it. So, if anybody has not yet subscribed and would like to, please do. If your kids haven't, make them. Yeah. If your wife has, ask her nicely, or your partner, whoever that may be. Yeah. Um, and lastly, before we jump into the storylines of the week, this show quite literally could not, would not be possible without the love and support from our friends over at patreon.com slash riverfront since where for just a couple bucks or a lot of bucks if you're that type of fan mm -hmm. you can support the community get in there we're talking shop all day every day we got immaculate grids sports betting a little bit of red stock you know as one one might imagine a lot of hoops a lot of bangles just a lot a lot, a lot of joe farfsing it's busy over there yeah i don't know how joe farfsing has the time to be on that all day but here we are he is a legend among us. That he is. That he is. All right. So, so, Tim, we are in 2024. This is the first episode of the Riverfront Red Show of this new year. And that seems about uh, as good a time as any to do a little bit of a vibes check. You know, the Reds have made some moves, more moves than most, it turns out. Um, yeah. Not sure how, how much they moved the needle, but if the season started tomorrow, how would you feel about our Cincinnati Reds? Um, I would say cautiously optimistic. I think the moves they made are really good moves to go with the young talent we saw last year. Um, you know, Jamer Candelario, obviously looking like he's going to be the first baseman for next season. Um, you look at, you know, the Frankie Montas deal, which is definitely like high risk, high reward, but I like those kind of moves. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I like the idea of the option as well. If things just do so happen to work out. So and then, you know, you bring in Nick Martinez. I like that move a lot. I feel like the team has done a good job improving. I just don't necessarily think I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, this team's for sure going to the playoffs, even with the extended run. Um, and baseball is such a crapshoot, right? I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks got in by two games over the Reds and went to the World Series. Um, so who's to say they can't be the Reds, but who's to say they can't be the Mets who – went crazy and spent a lot of money and had nothing go their way. Yeah. Um, I think that's sort of this weird limbo that we all find ourselves in. I am a fan of every move the Reds made this offseason, except for not picking up the option. You cowards on Joey Votto. Yeah. I understand every move. I think we are all left wanting a little bit more. And a lot of this comes on the heels of some comments Nick Crawl made. I don't have the direct quote pulled up here but essentially he just said that the reds are likely done and he doesn't foresee any major moves so um the question is are the moves they've made enough um are they actually done that could also just be gm speak he could be uh you know playing coy and posturing a little bit because you know there's not a lot of free agents out there in my opinion that the reds are going to pursue Right. But there are a lot of trade candidates, and the asking prices have been exorbitant. So if he's just sort of saying, hey, we're not going to make any moves if that's what you're asking, then I get it. You never can quite tell with Nick Crawl. So the question is – He's also not a good talker either. So, yeah. Bad at talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, are the moves that the Reds have made enough? And I guess the question then becomes, what do you mean by enough? I mean, I think they are good enough to make the Reds contenders in the NL Central. Mm -hmm. I don't think they are guaranteed a playoff spot by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, everybody keeps wanting to say, look what, what they have added to an 82-win team. Well, they overperformed in a big way last year. Yeah, they needed a 12-game win streak to win 82 games. Yeah. So. And they're going to get a 20-game win streak this season, but you you know you don't know when that's going to happen. Right, could already be out of contention by then. No, yeah, I, I fully expect the Reds to be in contention all year. I, I think too. that the moves that Nick Crawl has made, um, don't get me wrong, the team needs an ace. If the team wants to make a deep playoff run, I think it needs a lockdown starter. Um, they have a couple guys that, if they reach their 90, 90th percentile, could be that. Oh, for sure. But they haven't been that yet. And the smart money doesn't have him being it in 2024. Always going to hold out a little bit of hope. But I do think that he has assembled one of the deepest rosters in the league mm -hmm. and one of the most versatile and injury-proof, David Bell platoon-proof. Oh, boy. And I am – That's a big proof. I'm pretty excited about that aspect of it. We are going to get into here in a little bit the uh, where we think the red starting rotation stands as compared to other teams in the NL Central. And I, I, just, I don't remember a deeper Reds team in my lifetime. I'm sure there has been, but I don't remember it. This is the most excited I've been about a team since 2013. That long? And we've had some expectations that, that year. We haven't had a ton since then. <laughs> my kid is already getting into stuff behind me. Well, she is a legend, and she can do whatever she wants. So I guess to – Put it simply, the vibes checks are pretty strong around here. Yeah. Um, there's there's plenty of things we can harp on. We are known for not giving this front office too much credit, and we certainly won't until there's actually success on the field. Still have only made the playoffs six times in my life. I'll probably mention that every episode until it changes. But I like what they've done. I still want them to do more. Um, what, other, what other holes do you think really need to be filled? I still don't feel in love with the right-handed outfield situation. Um, I love, you know, the guys that they current, you know, I know Spencer Steer is going to be the left dealer. And I appreciate that move in the sense of just having him in the lineup is more or less the reasoning. And I appreciate that he kind of said, like, I'll be that guy. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, you know, it comes to a situation where I know Nick Senzel is not a giant loss by any stretch of the matter to anyone, not named me, or Chad, me or Chad Dotson. Um, but I do think that they kind of need something to where they have that additional right-handed guy. And look, I'm not saying you need to replace Nick Senzel. That probably won't be too difficult. Um, but, you know, I want some guy who I know is going to go in there and give us a chance every day against left-handed pitching when the time comes that we need him. Um, it's Bustier certainly that, but who else is in that situation that can help them in that scenario as far as an outfielder? Uh, maybe Teoscar Hernandez was just hoping for too much because it sounds like, like you mentioned, the trade ID, the trade options have been so pricey amongst the amongst players available. Um, but yeah, I would like to see some see that uh, be touched on before spring training. Well, here's a um, question: why why not CES? Well, <laughs> I will say this: if you recall, you guys were generous enough to apply for me to get a credential to work at AAA Louisville this year this past uh, summer for a game or so. And I won't pick point names, but multiple people in which I spoke to who are consistently at Louisville Slugger Field said, it doesn't matter where you put him defensively. It's not ideal. Hmm. So, well, I, I will go off like that. that so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he might oh. be a first baseman because it was the one place where it's just like plant your foot. And I'm, I'm not discrediting first base as I say this. Um, but the movement compared to other positions may not be, you know, yeah, too difficult. Be, too I late. hear that. Um, I'm of a believer that the guy is young and athletic enough to be a major league baseball I'm with player. You. I think yeah, that, I'm there, with you. that there could be some learning that happens that makes him passable. I really? I don't know. I haven't watched it enough. But if he could be passable defensively, then that answers that question, and it makes that Jamer Candelario signing make a lot more sense. Right, yeah, I think that's the big thing too. So if you look at Fangraphs right now, they have that as one and two on the depth chart for first base, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but we also love Nick Castellanos. 
and he was pretty gross out there. Yeah, he was. And a lot of people really don't want him back for some odd reason, but whatever. I'm not here to talk about um, weighted runs create a plus with Nick Castellanos. I just know that when he was here, he hit dingers. And flexed on Cardinals. That was important. Though. So maybe most that's importantly, Most importantly, yes. CES don't even need to be a good defender. Hit dingers, flex on Cardinals, right field George, buddy. Problem solved. Ooh. Can we make that whatever? You know, Joe went nuts making all these shirts for a shop. Can we make a shop that just says hit dingers and flex on Cardinals? Yeah, absolutely. That is that is happening. For our Kentucky fan tomorrow. For our Kentucky fan faithful, we'll make a blue and white one as well. A hundred percent. You'll be able to find that uh, within the next 24 or 48 hours over at uh, riverfront.com slash wait, no. What's what's our website? Riverfrontcency.com. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this is a professional operation over here. We're really good. Um, I agree. I would like to see them. We talked about getting a starter. I, um, it can only help. They 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 need that lockdown guy. I am very very high as we'll get into um, in, here in a little bit. What Hunter Green is going to do in 2024? Mm-hmm. I'm expecting big things. Me too. I don't really expect huge things from anybody else in that rotation, but I'm open to the possibility. Um, then it's this bullpen. I think the Reds have a really really good bullpen, and I can't wait to uh, talk about them in our bullpen rankings here in a couple weeks, but there's not really a dud in the bunch. That's my mom used to say about her kids, but uh, then I came along. Mm. So I think the Reds are going to be good. I think it's an exciting season, and we are going to have so much to talk about. And I can't wait to do it with you guys. Me too. And we're going to be giving to you, like once again, second in a row, two Red shows a week. Let's go. Yeah. What more can you ask for, you selfish, selfish people? Whoa. Okay, just kidding. I didn't mean that. You're the best. All right. So this seems like a good time to get into. I just want to throw this out there for fun. I saw some people uh, bantering back and forth on Twitter about this, and they were throwing out some predictions for the clubhouse leaders and some of the counting stats. And then we had a couple viewer mail questions, as always, questions from actual viewers. Um, Shout out Joey Gaditza. Absolutely. That will help us get into these. First one comes from our resident Canadian, Joey Gadisi. He said, hey, gents, who will lead this rotation in strikeouts? And then Kyle Kapler, a very funny Twitter follow, says, who leads this team in innings this year? If Hunter Green is the one that does, then the Reds are postseason bound. Um, I agree with that, Kyle, very much. So let's just run through here real quick, throw out some names that we think could be contenders in some of these counting stats. We won't get into analytics too much here because that's no fun. We're talking about baseball cards. Tim, who do you think is going to lead the Cincinnati Red Legs in batting average? In batting average? Yeah. Uh, ooh, you know, I love batting average so much. It's Nate. the most important stat. You can't get enough of it. Um, I'm going to have to go with my boy nine. Everybody loves Matt McClain, right? Everybody does seem to love Matt McClain. Yeah, that's my dude. Um, I think before he got hurt last year, obviously he was the best of the bunch in the in the young crew. I I don't see that changing. I think he has the highest floor, not the highest mm-hmm. ceiling, because obviously he plays next to Ellie De La Cruz. Um, but yeah. I think he has the highest floor of all these guys, and he's so talented. And it felt like when he shrugged, struggled, right? It was like, oh, you know, he went over six the last two days. That was like his struggles. Um, yeah. so I think that continues. I think he you know, just, he has that awesome, just sort and right to the ball swing. Um, I'm all for Matt McLean. I think he'll once again have a tremendous year and I think he will contend to be an all-star. I love it. Um, for some reason, I've just got this nagging feeling in the back of my mind that he is going to be one of those regression candidates. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right on that. It just seems like. You know, he uh, he burst onto the scene in such a way. Like, people just don't have that kind of success <laughs> the way he did. So I can see you being right, and I hope you're I hope you're right. I hope he's an all-star this year. But and if he, if he does, that changes this trajectory in such a big way. If he is actually that dude. But yeah. for me, I went with Noelve Marte. I've talked a few times on here about how high I am on Noelve. Um I just think he has those elite bat-to-ball skills. He doesn't chase a lot, and we're gonna we're gonna be shocked. You know what Matt McClain did last year is gonna pale in comparison to what Noel V. Marti, your 2024 Rookie of the Year, does. 
I am all for him being rookie of the year. Um, and plus, you kind of saw what he did in winter ball. It looked like he didn't slow down much, uh, even t- until his injury, uh, which sounded like it was just nothing more than just kind of being precautionary for what happened on the field. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think he's going to be the rookie of the year. I think everything we saw from him that last month, month and a half, uh, minus getting hit in the face with the baseball, was pretty awesome. And I think his upside is through the roof. Um, obviously, like all these guys we're talking about. But I could definitely see Novi Marte being that dude. Um, I think I just trust McLean a little more at the moment. But I do definitely think Marte is a middle-of-the-order guy eventually in his big league career. Maybe, you know, May. Yeah, I, I, I suspect that you're correct. Um, that little last part that you just mentioned is kind of why for uh, – my prediction for clubhouse leader in hits is your boy, Matt McClain and not Novi Marte. I think they're going to have similar numbers, but McClain is going to be hitting in that one or two spot in the lineup Yeah, all season long. And the dude just hits. Just like you said, so don't need to go too much higher into that. Do you have McClain as the hits? Yeah. Also? I feel it? like at some point I'm going to not pick him for a category. I promise. But yeah, I think he'll be the hit leader. I just think that everything I mentioned previously, um, that swing, that ability to make contact, and also someone who just absolutely loves the moment. He loves having yeah. on second base in the bottom of the ninth. So that's a fact. Fangraphs does project him to be our hits leader. I don't like the rest of their projections for Matt McLean, but that might be right. I don't think he's going to lead the team in the next one, Tim. And that is home runs. Yeah, I think we're okay there. Um, I've got Christian Encarnacion Strand, your starting right fielder, leading the Reds in home runs this year. We're going to get a lot of power. I mean, the guy hits and he hits a lot of line drives too, but he is strong. He is country strong. And I don't think we're quite ready for the big bopping that's going to come out from Christian Encarnacion Strand. Who you got? I mean, that's, I feel like that was pretty simple. So you're, you're probably right. But just for the sake of conversation, I'm going to go 44 himself, Ellie Cruz. I know what that last month looked like. I know it has a lot of people concerned, um, but. Rest assured, I do not think that that's going to be an issue going forward. I think he's a guy who just got tired. It's the most games he's ever played mm-hmm. in his life. And I think, you know, that's a guy who probably this offseason, you can already see in his Instagram videos, he's working on the swing. The swing looks great. And I think that he's going to kind of take advantage, see what went right, what went wrong, why he struggled towards the end of the run. I think he's a smart enough baseball IQ player to figure this out. And plus, um, you know, he's probably going to be the guy who's moved around the lineup a couple of different places. So give me Ellie De La Cruz. I like it. Shockingly leading the Cincinnati Reds in home runs this year. He is definitely the favorite to lead the Cincinnati Reds in inside the park home runs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, RBIs. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll, go ahead. I'll go, I'll go strand on that one. Okay. Similar reason, just big power numbers. Yeah. I'm going to zag a little bit and go with uh, Spencer Steer. I think that he is going to be batting somewhere in that um, five, six Sorry. range. He's just super energetic tonight. You're good. Um, we are all lucky to be bear witness. Um, but, yeah, I got, I got Steer leading him to RBIs. I think he's just going to get up to bat with a lot of runners on and have more opportunity than anybody else to knock dudes in. Yeah, I can That's see that. That's going to be my guy. Um, I can definitely extra, see that. Extra base hits? I'm going with oh, Ellie on this one. I am yeah. going Ellie, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think with his ability to turn singles into doubles. Right. It's, it's going to make that not very close. Sneaky second place. Give me Willie Beeman. Ooh. You must be expecting young Willie to get a lot of playing time. I mean, there's a lot of right-handed pitching in the National League Central. so This is true. And other things that could um, solve the Reds' problems, one of the Reds' problems, if he, in fact, becomes capable against lefties. That would be Stay tuned, helpful. folks. Stolen bases, um, my only note besides stolen bases is LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ellie would have to lose a foot to not finish first on this team in stolen bases. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're probably right. Even then. (laughs) All right, let's move on to some pictures real quick. Um, Starter ERA. I did not want to mess around with ERA plus and all that jazz. It's it's too convoluted. I'm going to go Andrew Abbott. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I mean, I know your brother's not here, but I want him to keep me let keep letting me have a job. So I have to make sure I show some Wahoo Wahoo pride. Um, Always plus, a smart play in the riverfront. 
Yeah, and obviously, I know he also regressed towards the end of the year, but I still really like what he can do. I still think he's a really, really good player. Uh, and uh, she got herself all tangled up here. And uh, obviously, I think that it's another thing I kind of mentioned with Ellie. All right, what went wrong? You got tired. You pitched more than you ever have before. How can we make this more consistent as you get better? And I think that he's going to kind of figure that out. Yeah, I, I love that projection. I have just been weird on Andrew Abbott this offseason. I don't know what to expect. He was so much better than I was prepared for. Um, he definitely got gassed there that last month. And I'm sure he's done everything possible to address that. But I, um, I if he leads this team in ERA, I think that also bodes really, really well for the chances for the Reds to make a deep, play, a deep playoff run. Um, I'm going to zag again and go with Hunter. I just I think Hunter is going to have a monster monster year, and be that top two arm that the Reds need, and really just carry this team to the playoffs. So we'll see. Honorable mention to our boy Frankie Montas. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm sticking with Hunter for the next category: starter strikeouts. Oh yeah, I, easy. I, yeah, easy I think, money. I think he leads the team in strikeouts, even if he only pitches 120 innings. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure his uh on FanDuel his over under every game will probably be like seven and a half strikeouts. So yeah, take the over, folks. <laughs> um, wins. Who you got leading the team in wins? Hunter Green. Yeah, uh, like it. I hope so. I am not gonna pick Hunter. I think he still has some work to do to uh, go later in games, and for that reason is why I'm gonna pick Graham Ashcraft. Ooh, the workhorse to lead the Reds and wins because he's going to pitch the most innings. I think he, he wants to be that dude and he's going to have more opportunities to pitch with the Reds in the lead and thus get more wins. So, and then we're going to find a best friend, Doug. <laughs> well done. We got pulled that video clip for sure. All right. Saves. That's another LOL. It's Alexis Diaz. Unless Buck Farber. Puck Farmer. He forget he's on the roster, even though I made the notes. <laughs> yeah, and lastly, uh, Kyle's question, innings pitched. Who you got? Hunter Green. Hunter Green. So you were also expecting a pretty big year out of Hunter. Huh? I Yeah, I know what you said about his inability to probably finish games he's still working on. And you're probably right. But I just feel like his natural talent is just going to click in. Year three is kind of when you figure out who you are, mm-hmm. right? Um, still so young. Right, and that's you know his exception to the rule, right? Because he's what twenty, he's like you know eleven. Just just got his driver's license. Yeah. Um, actually got his temps. His mom's still got to be in the car with him. Right. So, um, but I think that he's just kind of like one of those guys who's just really really good. And you saw what things are like when he throws strikes, which I know is so stupid to say with starting pitching. Like, yeah, you throw strikes to get people out, obviously, um, or you put it over the wall at Great American Ballpark, but. I certainly believe in him. I think that his talent is just some point is just going to click in and it's just going to be through the roof. I don't know if there is a more talented guy as far as like in his position in baseball currently. Um, I think Hunter Green has the upside to be, and I, you know, God rest his soul, as good as Jose Fernandez was. Mm-hmm. I think that he has the upside to be one of those dudes. Um, I, thought I don't gonna, know. I thought you were going to say Luke Weaver for sure. <laughs> do you think our do you think our audience still remembers how good Jose Fernandez was? Because I don't know, but he was incredible. Yeah, so special. Yeah. But you're right. Hunter has the potential to be just as special as he as him. And you know, we see flashes of it. It's not like this this untouchable right. prospect that you, you you hope for, but you've never seen. We've seen it. We've seen it in flashes. The guy had a pseudo no-hitter as a rookie. He's done some special things already. It's a matter of putting it together for a full season, staying healthy for a full season. And, you know, if he can develop a workable third pitch, that's going to work wonders for him. We'll see if he's made any development there this offseason. But big year coming for Hunter. Um, I just can't wait. I can't either. I'm super excited for him. Yeah, it's going to be a big year. He's, this is the first year where he's not going to be the first guy mentioned. The second guy mentioned, the fifth guy mentioned. Right. You know, he's been that the next big thing for so, so, so long. He just got to go to work this offseason. So yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I'll see how he responds to that. Um, Kyle, Kyle, to answer your question on my end, uh, I got Ashcraft also um, leading the team in innings pitched. 
for the same reasons. I think he's going to lead and wins. So, boom, let us know what you all think, where what we got way wrong, why I should have used um, swinging strike percentage instead of batting average and hits, and everything else that I do wrong in the comments. We'll right. take it. Let's get to some quick news of the week. Um, didn't get your thoughts on the Frankie Montas signing. I'm excited. I think that I know a lot of people are looking at the fact that he made one appearance for the Yankees this year and battled injury. And they're also looking at what happened post trade deadline mm-hmm. when he went to New York. Um, that's such a hard situation to go into, right? Cause you're traded to a team as a playoff contender and they're relying on you to kind of steady the rotation uh, to go along with guys like Garrett Cole and be like the guys who kind of build you to that spot. I wouldn't say he's not capable of that by any stretch of the matter, but that's just a really, really difficult situation to go right into. Like, hey, man, we should have for you. We're going to do this now. We're here. He kind of has all year to kind of get comfortable and all year to kind of figure mm-hmm. it out. And um, I made the joke in our Slack channel with our with our patrons that the last time the Reds had a guy who pitched for the A's, was traded to the Yankees, and ended up a Red, went pretty well. So for now yeah. he's pitching for the Cardinals and I don't like that part too much. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that Montas has the capability of kind of following in that same, same lines, keeping that pattern going that we saw from Sonny Gray. Yeah, I did too. You mentioned people looking at his one appearance for New York. And if you're doing that, I say you're looking at the wrong thing. The fact yeah. that he made that one appearance at all is huge <laughs> yeah. to me. The guy spent all off season or all season rehabbing this injury and worked his way back, knowing the team, just to make an appearance, knowing that the team was out of playoff contention, knowing that it could go really, really poorly and take money out of his pocket. Now there's the other side of that equation, right? He goes up there and shows that his shoulder is back and makes some money, which perhaps he did in Cincinnati. But I think that it was a super, just a smart risk to take. I agree. It's it's it, we, it, apparently they had the money to spend, so they spent it. He could work out really, really well, and if he doesn't, then no harm, no foul. It's just somebody else's money, and that person has plenty of it. So I am, for one, pretty pumped. Fangraphs is, I guess, one of their projection systems called Depth Chart. I don't, I don't know where they get the information from. They got it as a two point one wins above replacement. That comes out to about sixteen million dollars, just over sixteen million dollars. They usually get about eight million per. Win above replacement. So, and, if that's uh, the case. How many games did the Reds miss the playoffs by last year? Oh, facts. So, yeah. if that's the case, if that's what you get, then you got your money's worth. Anything above that, and it's just icing on the cake, right? Um, that's more details to come out. I think it's fourteen million in the first year with a twenty million in the second for that mutual option with a two million dollar buyout. So, I don't know math. Leave that up to the nerds. Just kidding. <laughs> that is almost all of us. We're baseball fans. I think that's part of the part of the DNA. All right. Um, so long, Austin wins. But also welcome back, Austin wins. He got DFA for a little bit, but clear waivers came back to the Reds on a minor league deal. So we'll see him down in Louisville. Um, I really wanted to put together a Sarah McLaughlin style montage. Kevin Newman has officially signed a minor league pact with the Arizona Diamondbacks where he will be hanging out with Gino Suarez on the major league roster. And, and Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart down there in AAA. Hopefully they spend most of the season in the major league roster. Tell you what, man, Kevin Newman got a little bit of a bad rap. Got yeah. a lot of a bad rap here on uh, the Riverfront Red Show, more because of the way he was utilized by David Bell than because his abilities or utility as a baseball player. So wishing you nothing but the best, Kevin Newman. Um, hardly knew you, Bubba Thompson. He oh, man. Was, Leave the memories alone, Bubba Thompson. He were upset about that. Yeah, Bubba Thompson. Sorry, space out there for a minute. Uh, Bubba Thompson is the, um, the end of that. Was it the... The Yankees got him. I don't even. Have yeah, that. the Yankees got him today. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I think the world is better when you have a guy named Bubba on your roster. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Forrest Gump. You know, obviously, Bubba was his best friend. They started That's a it. shrimp company. So, so the Reds got a little bit worse today in that regard. They have one less Bubba. Yeah. In the organization, one less shrimp company. If we could bring back Jumbo Diaz, your boy, and have Bubba and Jumbo. At the same time, all timers, all timers. All right, the biggest news of the week 
We can't delay talking about this anymore, Tim. Iris, I know you were ready for this. Buck Farmer's back, baby. Buck Farmer is back. And this actually came out several days ago, but we uh, took some time off for the holiday, and this did not warrant an emergency podcast. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Are you glad Buck Farmer's back? Did you run through the streets in the nude in elation when you found out Buck Farmer was coming back? Uh, no, no, I did not actually. Um, weird. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm not in love with it, but you know, I think I was pretty open that I really hated the situation he was put in last year just because of the talent level they had in the pen. So if this means he's more of like your, all right, go out there and throw the sixth inning or like, Hey, our starter couldn't get to the fifth. Great. Awesome. Love it. If he's out there throwing the eighth inning with a runner on second pissed hate it so um which it sounds like that's not the plan i don't know um i guess you don't really want to insult the player when you sign up by saying like hey you are not going to be used when we need someone the most but also um with the moves they made with how they kind of bumped up the bullpen Mm -hmm. i think you can kind of put him in lower leverage situations and that i'm completely content with um still wish world shab was back in this bullpen but other than that you know i'll live 100 percent you know buck farmer in the last 35 innings that he pitched last season from July 9th to the end of the season, he had a 2.83 ERA. Nope, I'm a lie. That's a lie. It was 2022. Thanks, Doug Gray from redlegnation.com for confusing me with your well written article. Um, <laughs> Buck had a good first half last season and then a rougher second half, which is definitely what the eye test told us. He was used way too much. The entire bullpen was used way, way too much. We had bullpen days all the time. We had bad starters throwing few innings, a problem that I hope is solved by our newfound starting pitching depth. And Buck will only have to pitch in situations where his talents are acceptable. So welcome back, Buck. We don't get a Bubba, but we got a Buck. I'll take Mm -hmm. it. I agree. Um, The only bad thing about him being back is that uh, the aforementioned Bubba Thompson is no longer in the 40-man. A couple days ago, the Reds signed Justin Brule who is a lefty specialist, spent some time with the Rockies, spent some time with um, the Dodgers. His numbers are not great, but last season against lefties, they had a 37 OPS plus against him. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's very solid. He's some um, less than favorable advanced stuff, but the guy is a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. He is competing to be that lefty that second lefty arm out of the bullpen alongside Sam Mole. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Justin Brule or just the the lefty in the bullpen role in general. It's not a role to Chapman. It's still, it is still not a role to Chapman. I don't know when uh, after signings players can be traded for. If we can make if there's still time to make this happen, we can hold out hope. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I think he has a real shot to make this uh, this roster. The bullpen is thin on lefty. Yeah, say, what else? What else? What else does they have at lefty? We love to talk about Alex Young as that guy, but oh, he's he's got reverse splits. I don't know why this isn't talked about more. Alex Young is a pretty good reliever. Had a great great first half last year, but lefties hit him better than righties. In his career, that is true. Last year, it is true. Alex Young can be in that bullpen, but don't expect him to be a lefty specialist just because he is left-handed. Iris agrees. She agrees yeah. yeah, it's her new thing now. Yeah. That's the cutest we do, thing. We do this for hours. We'll keep it up. We'll keep this podcast going for hours. A little marathon pod. I love it. All right. So the topic of the week, we're going to do this for the next few weeks. I just thought it would be fun as we uh, inch closer to spring training. We are going to identify – kind of look over the starting rotations for teams in the NL Central. What I wanted to kind of do is look at all the different positional groups and see how we think our beloved red legs stack up compared to the teams that they're going to be playing the most often. Um, Obviously, our brand of fanhood here at the Riverfront, at least amongst the talking heads, we want World Series. World Series, World Series, English, Mm -hmm. hard. Especially for Appalachians. But I'm not going to be mad about a playoff run. Let's go. So we're going to start going position group by position group and see how we think we stack up with our number one competition. Cool. And we'll start with starting rotations. Um, 
I'm I, sorry. I love it. Don't you dare. Um, so the way I the way I kind of looked at this was I went through the top seven guys for each okay. team in the central. I thought that was the after that you're looking at guys that are making very very limited starts for injuries and other reasons. Um, probably not crossing that hundred inning mark. And I got to tell you, man, just from a little bit of research I did today, I think we're coming out pretty favorably here. I agree. So looking at the fan graphs projections, again, this is just the uh, the top seven each team, they have the Reds winning by a full game. So they think their starting rotation is going to have 12.8 wins above replacement. Second place leading the Cardinals at 11.8. The Brewers in third at 11.3, followed by the Cubs at 9.9, and Pittsburgh at 7.1. That is one of the – Handful of times, maybe the last that we'll need to mention Pittsburgh on this podcast. Thank you. I know what that does to you. And outside of Mitch Keller, the milk's gone bad down there. <laughs> Paul Skeens, of course. How is he still on that team? How did they? How, how did someone not go get him? I don't know, but if they want to send him to Cincinnati, I will not. Right. Be mad about that. Absolutely. Um, I'm not really sure how depth chart um, projected. You figure out these projections, but when you start looking at these rotations, it kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah, the Brew Crew, the Cubs, and the Cardinals are all super top heavy, right? You, know, you got Corbin Burns, who is maybe out of the five teams in the Central, the only bona fide ace. Yeah, um, Sonny Gray and Justin Steele out of, out of Chicago. Sonny Gray, obviously, with the Cardinals both have that top of the rotation kind of pedigree. Um, pedigree for Sonny, potential for Justin Steele, who was really, really good last year. We'll see how he progresses. But, you know, I don't and I don't think that the Reds have anybody that quite touches those three yet. You know, we're not just going to talk about potential here. Maybe a healthy Hunter Green and a healthy Nick Lodolo, which is someone we haven't mentioned yet, but yeah, we'll learn a lot about. I think what they lack in top-end firepower, they really make up for in depth. I agree. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the big thing here. So you mentioned, um, you know, Sonny Gray, obviously going to St. Louis. It's like, okay, behind him is Miles Michaelis, who had a dreadful year. Um, Lance Lynn is in St. Louis now. Like, okay. Um, But Michaelis does wear his pants up higher. He pulls his pants up, shows off the stirrups. He does. And I love that. I think more players should do that. That doesn't equate to success in the mound. Correct. Correct. And then, you know, you mentioned Corbin Burns. Well, Brandon Woodruff, it doesn't sound very promising. He's going to be pitching this year. Um, and then Justin Steele, it kind of gets a little wanky there. And then, of course, like we just mentioned, yeah, for mentioned Mitch Keller. And then the Mitch Keller to Paul Skeens drip is um, pretty bad, is what the, what the kids would say. It's uh, not good. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm supposed to uh, know things about baseball and I didn't recognize these guys. Dude, why would you? They got Luis Ortiz. I was like, oh, the boxer? The heavyweight boxer? No, (laughs) Bailey Falter. Falter, not a name you want as a starting pitcher. Um, It's not not great. Now, looking at the Brewers, Freddie Peralta, he can kind of be that dude sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Old friend Wade Miley. True, Um, true. We know what he can do, but he's, he's a year older, I think. The uh, projections have not been super favorable to him. But after that, nobody that really instills much fear from where I'm sitting. Um, Cubs, Jameson Tyone is kind of their, their second guy. Kyle yeah, he Hendricks, was awful. Like, he was awful last yeah, year. Yeah, these, these guys are, are are not people that really scare you, especially with a lineup like the Reds have. You um, know who dominated Kyle Hendricks? Who's that? Joey Votto. Yeah, Joey Votto. <laughs> Pour one out. Pour one out for Joey. I'm having a dry January, so I'll pour out um, some juice. So, yeah, I mean, St. Louis, is Lance Lynn? Is Lance Lynn going to be that dude? That's Gibby, their hope. Kyle Gibson? Yeah. I don't think so, man. So, some of these times, they do have guys that in one game, I think, can match up super favorably to the Reds. But looking at those projections, um, the Reds are projected to get four wins above replacement from their number four and number five starters, according to Fangrass. The next highest is St. Louis at 3.7, which is a lot higher than Lance Land on IM. But after that, you get the Cubs at 2.4 and the Brewers at 2.3. So they think the Reds are almost two wins better 
with their worst two players, the worst two pitchers in the rotation, in the everyday rotation, than the other teams in the Central. So I guess this is just a long-winded way for me to say, I think the Reds have the best starting rotation in the National League Central. I do too. I think if uh, Woodruff was healthy, we might be having a different conversation. Could not agree more. But the fact that he's not really kind of gets the Reds advantage there. And like you said, Corbin Burns is the dude, right? I mean, he's best pitcher in the division. Yeah. Would look really good if he came to another team in the division, particularly one that wore red and was not in St. Louis. Um, That would be really great. (laughs) Uh, But I think that look at kind of the group here because. I think what we kind of lacked these la- this last season specifically in the playoff run, and we talked about this a million times, was we did deal with all those injuries at the rotation, and it was like you're relying on the Levi Stouts, and no offense to Levi Stout by any stretch of the matter. or so, ben, a, a little bit of offense. Or like the Ben Livelys, who were pitched far above their ceiling there for a while until David Bell left him out there to just destroy his, his ERA um, and put him on the IL. But now you're kind of looking at like, okay, well, Hunter Green's hurt. And God forbid. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, Chase Petty is a potential. Um, you know, Ty France is a potential. Rhett Louder, Brandon Williamson. Who may not uh, even make the opening day starting rotation. I have heard rumblings that they have goals for Rhett Louder to potentially start the season in double A. Ooh, I love the sound of that. That is a lot to ask of a young pitcher. I don't know if that's true. I said rumors. I'm not reporting anything before our comment section goes crazy. Um, but it seems like he could be on the fast track to the big leagues. I would love to see that. And my goodness, what does that do for this this club if he can be that guy sooner rather than later? Um, a, little, a little bit more about Brandon Williamson, who we haven't talked about. You know, this is the guy now that the way it stands, the way I'm looking at it is on the outside looking in. People have asked, could he move to the bullpen? Um, I, I wouldn't do that. I would keep him stretched out in Louisville just because you're going to need guys. You're going to need at least, I don't know, three or four guys down there. Where last year we were bringing up Lion Richardson, who yeah. had no business starting in the major leagues last year. I like Lion Richardson, but he shouldn't have been starting. Carson Spires, who I, I forget we, is even on the team. We attended a game at which Carson Spires started. <laughs> yeah. So this year we'll have Brandon Williamson, who exceeded everyone's wildest, wildest expectations last year. I mean, I the guy was like second on the team in innings pitched. It's yeah. madness. I loved so, him. I absolutely had a blast when he was on the mound. I felt live. safe. I felt comfortable. Like, he wears that. I felt dope like we had a shot. Robe too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he uh, also he, got that cool like Reds Jordan brand hoodie that he's the only mm-hmm. person I've ever seen wear. So, uh, be will send me a link, my guy. Love it. Not afraid to mix it up in the the Twitter comments too. Yeah. So um, I think Brandon Williams has a bright future as a Cincinnati Red, and they also have him for a long time. So stretch him out, keep him down there. We're going to need him. How the hell have and we not even mentioned Connor Phillips yet? Like, Well, we were, we were about to. Um, yeah. This depth is crazy. This is, this, is, this is why I'm so excited about the season. Is like We don't have the that guy that we all as Reds fans wanted them to go out and get. But they've got some guys. Connor Phillips has a chance to be a because he's a bulldog. He is a warrior yeah. on that mound. He looks like he wants to just murder everyone as soon as he steps on the bump. And he showed some flashes last year that were that were insane. But another guy had no business starting a major league game last year. And after a full season at AAA, don't be shocked if we see a uh, steady dose of Connor Phillips this season. Love it. Bring Chase, it. Chase Petty, another guy that could come up. Uh, Lion Richardson, we'll see if they keep him as a starter. They seem to want to, but we're really, really careful with him last year. I think he averaged something like 11 pitches per outing. <laughs> One for every year of Hunter Green's age. Yeah. Um, Was that per batter, actually? 11 pitches per batter? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, just got to put a bow on this a little bit. So last year, the Cubs finished with the uh, most starting pitcher wins above replacement in the division, followed by the Brewers, Cardinals, then the Reds down at 8.3, and the Pirates at 6.9. LOL, nice. Um, the Reds, like you said, had so many just unnecessary starts by guys that did not need to be wearing a uniform, at least in that role. So we're not going to see that this year. We're going to get uh, – guys on lockdown, we're talking about it. We're, no more bullpen days. We don't need bullpen days anymore. We have guys. 
Um, That's the best. Shout out Locked On, too. There are dudes. Absolutely. Love those guys. So my final rankings, Tim, are um, I think the Reds are going to lead the NL Central and starters win above replacement, followed by the Brewers, because I just I'm always going to believe in what they do with pitchers. Um, the Cardinals third, because they're going to bounce back a little bit. Sonny Gray is just he's a dude, man. We love Sonny Gray. And they're going to finish third, but only because of Sonny. Everybody else is going to be garbage. Poop, poop. And Sonny's going to be garbage against the Reds. Yeah. Hometown. And then the Cubs down in fourth and the Pittsburgh Pirates in fifth. Um, Cubs, another team, could definitely see them jumping up those rankings. They could still go get some dudes. I know that they have been trying to get dudes, but they haven't yet. And we're recording this today, and I'm not going to dabble on the hypotheticals. Yeah. What do your uh, rankings look like? So I got I got Reds Brewers. I think I like the ceiling of the Cubs more than I like the ceiling of the Cardinals, strictly because I know Kyle Hendricks has been up and down the last couple of years, but we know he can be good. Um, and then Justin Steele. I, I like Justin Steele. Um, Still a lot. Yeah, you know, and so I think that those two guys can kind of – like, I love Sonny Gray. Absolutely love him. Hate that he's pitching against us. But after Sonny Gray, like we mentioned, it gets a little – crazy um so i think i'm gonna give the slight edge to the cubs maybe it's my haterness talking that my two least favorite teams in the universe i'm putting four and five um but you know maybe pittsburgh will just figure something out and paul Skeens will be on the big league club i'm kidding they suck but um yeah i think that i think that i almost muted you <laughs> i think i'm gonna give the slight slight edge to the cubbies and i know i'm probably wrong but I just like their ceiling more than I like the Cardinals. I, I can absolutely see it playing out that way. More than anything, I was just surprised when I started looking into this how favorably I thought the Reds stacked up. I yeah. just I just think they've got so many solid guys. I don't know how that translates to playoff success. I don't know if it does at all. Personally, I think they need somebody to take a major leap, whether it be Hunter Green, Nicodolo, Andrew Abbott, or Monta. Somebody. Somebody's got to be that guy that uh, – you can win that winner-take-all game, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. In the meantime, nothing's going to dampen my spirits, going to going to lower my excitement for the team that we have in front of us right now. All right, Tim, you want to knock out some viewer mail questions real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Iris is so excited for viewer mail questions. See, Iris, are you ready? Yeah, she's grabbing <laughs> the mic. That like, is let's a go. Yes. That's emphatic yes. As always, these questions come from actual viewers, and they are actual handwritten letters delivered by the United States Postal Service from our listeners. Um, first question comes from Seth Shaner. He asks, is Matt McLean about to become the best position player in the NL Central? Buy all the stock. I love the energy from Brother Seth. Really cool stuff coming our way from Seth Shaner soon. Um, Spoilers. Check him out on Twitter. Um, I'm going to Tim, you answer this question first because I'm going to look up Seth's Twitter handle. He's got an interview with Eddie Toppenzi. What? Yeah. Why is he working for us on this? Stay tuned. So, um, yes. If you want to, <laughs> Seth, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, I absolutely think Matt McClain's about to be the dude because he's Matt McClain. And obviously, I think that, like I, all the reasons I mentioned earlier, I expect him to be kind of the best hitter on the team. I think that's going to carry over. Um, I'm sure that, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado might have something to say, but those guys are getting old and Matt McLean is not. So yeah, I love the energy and also apologize. I should have gone with my gut, uh, at Shanerbaum, S H A N E R B O M B. I knew that and doubted myself. That's an awesome Twitter handle. Go follow Seth. Great stuff coming out from, uh, his, his podcast spotlights on stories. Um, a lot of really good stuff from the Cincinnati area, the Ohio area. He's in Columbus, I think, but is he going to be the best position player in the NL Central? Um, Iris says yes. Mm -hmm. I would love to see it, but I don't think he's the best position player on his team. Seth, we are sleeping on Ellie De La Cruz. He's going to be the second best player in the NL Central. I'll right. take that. Um, we have a uh, another question, the second part of his first question from Joey Gaditza. I put in the uh, viewer mail roll call. <laughs> Anybody wants to ask literally anything at all, restaurant etiquette was included amongst the options. And he says, "Oh, is, is wearing a hat acceptable in a high-end restaurant? 
Um, restaurants are one of the few things I do know about. I've worked in the restaurant industry for about 15 years before finally escaping. And I'm going to say the answer is almost always no. Okay. Caveat being it's a high-end restaurant. I would say you shouldn't wear a hat in any restaurant. That's just me. There are some restaurants where it's totally fine. You want to throw your hat on, sit at the bar at your Applebee's, totally cool. Nobody's going to bat an eye. For me, proper protocol would be to uh, wear the hat to the restaurant, take it off before you get to the table, certainly before you are seated. There are some exceptions with the right kind of hat, but if it's a very high-end restaurant, even then, I think the answer is still no. But it can be pulled off. Mm. I'm going to say, uh, the only reason I'm going to say yes, I'm going to go with your caveat, is if you're wearing a fedora, you should be welcome anywhere. If you can pull a fedora off, then yeah. all rules go out there. I, I cannot pull off a fedora. No. My I put one on one time when we were at like Macy's, and my wife said, please take that off right now. Yeah. So, Joey, what I'll sell you is do whatever you want, man. Only live once. Joey, can you wear a hat at Tim Hortons? Big question. Ooh. He did say hi in restaurant. Maybe that's why he's asking. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> All right. This is a good one. And I wish I, I want to I know the answer to this. Maybe we can get one of the spring training videos where they figured this out. Jay Costrell asks, which current red would you say is the best ping pong player? Huh. Will Benson. That's a good answer. Yeah. He's the best hooper. He's the best chess player now that Joey's gone. Just keep it going. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Matt McLean. He just seems like he's going to get to all the balls. Don't aggregate that. <laughs> but I don't know. He just seems like he's a winner. Matt McLean's always been the best at everything he's done, and ping pong's no exception. But – Challenge out there to um, people that follow the Cincinnati Reds. The people that every year go to spring training and ask them who the funniest player is. This year, I want them to ask who the best ping pong player is. Yeah. We need answers. Next question comes from Rex Scott. He says, with regard to New Year's resolutions, I read a column last year about the famous diarist Samuel Johnson, who always resolved to keep resolving. The message was to never stop trying to get better, even if your previous efforts to do so sucked. What should our Reds resolve to do in this offseason, and what should they resolve to focus on once the season gets started? Mm. Okay, so are we talking on the field or are we talking fan interaction? It's up to you. How do you interpret it? All right, three things. One, let's get rid of the Cincinnati, Ohio song in the seventh inning stretch. It's awful. Okay. Uh, two, ban the way from the ballpark. If we find the person Ooh. who does it, they should be eliminated. I disagree uh, softly. And then three, I would say on the field, new uniforms. New uniforms. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. How much fun was the City Connect jerseys? You wouldn't know. You're not even wearing one right now. <laughs> I'm wearing the hoodie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> new jerseys, always a good idea. I don't understand why they don't roll them out all the time. Make it happen. Yeah. I think if you see like – what some teams have done, like if you look at what the Brewers did when they rebranded back to kind of like they went with their classic logo and modernized it, right? I think the Reds could definitely do something like that. Like, you know, this is something where we wish your brother was here because he's on top of this too. But those 60s jerseys that we all absolutely love, and then mm -hmm. like the 90s road jerseys was like a beautiful uniform. Um, yeah, find a way to like modernize those and make them look cool. I love it. I want full vertical pinch stripes. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, there's so much, so much they can do. That's a fantastic answer. Um, Rex, from a from a competition standpoint, I would say um, something at the deadline. Yeah, if the Reds are in contention, um, resolve to keep resolving, get better, find some guys, figure out what your holes are, and improve there. Um, they could keep Phil Castellini from saying words in public. They seem to have been doing somewhat better at that. Um, in the off season, make a trade. If there's a guy out there, um, you know, we, uh, we feel differently than a lot of people about the need to hold on to some prospects, but again, nobody wants to get fleeced. So if there's a good deal out there, make it get another piece for the bullpen and more than anything, 
fire David. No, I'm just kidding. Make the playoffs. Just get Bring to the back playoffs. Joey Votto. That's all we need. Bring back Joey Votto. There's your answer. What the heck? Yeah. Retroactively pick up the option. Get him back here. We need him. CES is playing the outfield. More bats for <laughs> Joey. More first base time. Make it happen. One answer. Tim nailed it. James Urban asks, what would you guys say is the most important piece the Reds have failed to address so far this offseason? We could have added this earlier in the discussion specifically, but what do you think is the most important piece that they have not addressed? I just think of front end ace. Um, I really do like the Montas signing. I do like the Nick Martinez signing as far as building the depth, but I just want to know, you know, if Hunter Green is what we think he's going to be and he ends up being that guy in the do or die game, awesome. Then I'm wrong. But at this moment, there's nothing that tells us he will be. Yeah. Just that he's going to continually get better. Um, so for the time being, I'm going to say that uh, because I think that's kind of the one thing that kind of separates them in my eyes from being a 87-88 win team to a 92-93 win team. Sure. Um, I mostly agree with that, but I'm going to use the answer that I uh, had queued up that Tim stole from the last question. Um, they didn't address the Joey Votto situation very well. Yeah. They really failed to address it at all whether it was by picking up the option, signing him to a new deal, or just allowing fans the proper grace to say goodbye. So there you are, James. Uh, last question comes from Jordan Salisbury. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Jordan. Okay. Jordan, I still owe you a card. I promise I'll get that out this week. It's been very busy with the holidays. I'm very sorry. I recommend that you uh, you spam him. You show up at his house. Jordan, just show up at Tim's house and – Egg it, toilet paper, TP the full whole front yard, trees and house, and show him that he needs to get you this daggone cart. Jordan says, so I'm happy the Reds spent money this winter. I really am. I like the Montas signing, but to use that signing as the frontline starter we all thought we were getting, I'm pretty disappointed. I know he could rebound and be huge, but I would rather have a guy who isn't trying to prove it and we hope isn't the starter version of Ryan Madsen. Really just hurt my soul a little bit with that last last part of that. I hadn't thought about it in that uh, that context. Um, so how dare you, first Jordan, remind me of Ryan Madsen. We didn't need that. Didn't need that in my life right after the holidays. But it's going back to work and you're bringing up Ryan Madsen. Not cool, bro. Um, I hear you. We've talked about it quite a bit. The Reds need the guy. They probably need the guy to make a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um I was looking around at some of the other teams, and I kept going back to the 2023 Baltimore Royals. You know, a lot, of, a lot, a lot of commonality there between them and where last year, where the Reds are going to be this year, at least where we hope they are. And starting pitching wise, they had a lot of similarities to what we expect out of the Reds, but they had one guy. They had Kyle Bradish, who gave him 168.2 innings of a 146 ERA plus. 283 ERA. Other than that, they did not have a a lot that you could say is blatantly better than what I think the Reds are going to put out there. So if the Reds are going to take that leap, then uh, you need that guy that every five days, every other series, and then some other teams are just chalking it up as an L. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of the best way to put it. Um, You mentioned the Orioles. I mean, they traded for Jack Flaherty, and he was rough for them. So. So that's one thing they need to uh, to go back to James Urban's question. They need to not sign Jack Flaherty. I think he just signed with the Tigers. They're okay. Good. Oh, gross. All right. So that is going to do it for us on this episode of the Riverfront Red Show. Tim, what else is going on with the Riverfront, man? What's else going on in your life? Oh, my God. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, so we're back this Sunday, late night Reds, me and Ben. Obviously, we took the last couple weekends off because of Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Uh, Pretty reasonable. Yeah, so we'll be back doing our thing, live hanging out with you, all you wonderful people. Um, Riverfront U, obviously, continuously doing our game coverage. Look out for the Riverfront Xavier show starting in a couple weeks. I am getting the details together on that. Um, So really excited to kind of get that going, just some additional content there. And then, of course, Ryan Roberts has a really good interview that's going to be up on this same YouTube channel today with uh, UC women's basketball coach Katrina Merriweather. So check that out as well. Um, so we're doing our best. Jack and Sean is actually at NKU right now as we speak, uh, watching the team, watching the corpse of the Northern Kentucky Norse basketball team play. 
because they are going through it all. Going through it all, my friend. Uh, so, yeah, check us out, ribfrontcincy.com. Uh, check out the Bengals show with Joe and Greg. I don't know what they're going to do for this last week. Um, but, yeah, I think we're just kind of keeping ourselves busy as we try to grow this thing. I love it. Well, um, stay busy. Everybody, please go check out Tim. He is at TimDaniel518 on the Twitters. And please remember, go uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We are on all of those. We are loosely on Instagram. We are heavily on Twitter. We are sometimes on Facebook. And we are at Riverfront Cincy on all those places. And one more time, huge shouts to our family at Riverfront or Patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. We love you guys. And we'd love for anyone else to come join in on the hijinks. So, Tim, shouts to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lee Salverto and Wayne Cranchicki and even Eli Cash. <laughs> For Iris Daniel and Chuck McElroy, this is Nate Dyson saying so long, Cincinnati. Mm.